Greetings and welcome back to Haftarot, the weekly videocast series in which we take a look at the upcoming week's Haftarah and uh, try to get the basic message of that Haftarah as well as its association with the Parshat Shavua to which it's associated. And this week the Haftarah comes from the book of Yechezkel. Uh, and so before taking a look at the specific Haftarah, just a few words about Yechezkel. We already met Yechezkel back at Parshat Vayigash a few weeks ago. But uh, just a few other words about Yechezkel. Um, Yechezkel, like a few other Nevi'im, has a series of rebukes against neighboring nations of Am Yisrael. Perhaps the most famous of them is Amos. Uh, there is also a long series in Yeshayahu and a series in Yirmiyahu. Uh, Yechezkel sort of rounds out that group. And in the chapters, roughly chapter 25 through the middle of the 30s, Yechezkel has a series of diatribes against the nations that surround Am Yisrael. And here you see the sort of the headlines of them. Um, it's against Ammon and Moab and Seir and Edom and Plishtim and Sor, which is uh, Phoenicia, and Sidon, which is also part of Phoenicia. Uh, interesting is that Phoenicia, that does not play a big role in prophetic rhetoric uh, outside of Yechezkel, is central in Yechezkel's prophecies. Uh, that is, of course, the area of Lebanon uh, and the port cities of Tzor and Sidon. And part of what he takes them apart for is their wealth and splendor and beauty and resultant haughtiness. Uh, but the reason for these prophecies being where they are is this is a series of prophecies which are eschatological. They are end-of-days prophecies. Remember that Yechezkel's prophecies, which are all happening in Babel, are happening right around the time of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. As a matter of fact, these prophecies of against the nations happen right at that time, after the siege of Yerushalayim has begun, and just before the destruction of the Mikdash, or right around the time of the destruction of the Mikdash. And Yechezkel turns to these nations and says, you're going to get punished, you're going to get punished, there'll be a day of reckoning. And, uh, and then that moves us to our Haftarah, which is smack in the middle of this, uh, as you could see, chapter 28, the end of chapter 28, and all of chapter 29, uh, which is a prophecy against Egypt. Now, let's step back. What is Parshat Va'era? So Parshat Va'era is made up of several introductory pieces. There is the opening piece where Hashem gives Moshe more moral support to go back to Bnei Israel and go back to Paro and demand that Bnei Israel be able to leave to worship for three days. There is an interjection with the genealogy of Bnei Israel leading up to Moshe and Aharon. We go back to the story and we hear several other prefatory pieces. And then the real story gets rolling, which is, of course, the story of the Makot, of the plagues. And seven of the plagues, the way that we count them, the counting of 10 plagues is something that is somewhat arbitrary and could be counted different ways. But in that count of 10, the first seven of them happen in Parshat Vayira. And Parshat Vayira is sometimes called Parshat HaMakot, right? in, in colloquial language, Parsha of the plagues. And the plagues, again, are an attack on Egypt. I have to step back for a second and ask a question. This really belongs to Parshanut on Parshat Vayira, but I have to point it out. You can ask the question, if God wants to get Bnei Israel out of Egypt, it's a very simple solution. Smite the Egyptians, wipe them out, and let Bnei Israel just walk out. Possibility too is put all the Egyptians to sleep or give them a war somewhere in Sudan that they all have to go to and they leave the place empty and Bnei Israel come just like the uh, like the Assyrians 
uh, were, uh, were, were occupied with another war and as a result left and didn't attack Yerushalayim in the time of Chizkiyahu. Why instead is there this confrontational and adversarial, um, diplomacy is not really the word, but uh, standoff between Moshe and Paro is because very clearly the intent of the entire process is to get Paro and his courtiers to admit that God is the one ruling God over all. He has power in Mitzrayim and he has power over all of the Egyptian gods. By the way, there's never a demand in that entire back and forth that he, that he acknowledged that there are no other gods, but rather that the God of Israel is the one who has the ultimate power over all, even in Egypt. And it's a multi-step process. And so that ties in beautifully with our Haftarah. You see the introduction to the Haftarah is the end of chapter 28, which sets the timing, which is God says, when I gather all the Israel from all the nations where they were, were scattered, and by the way, this is right at the time of the Korban. So this is seeing at the beginning of the cave, the light at the end of the tunnel, right? And, um, and I'm going to bring them back. And then I'm going to direct my anger at the nations, including at Egypt. And he says, Ben Adam, that's the, the name. We saw that already in Vayigash. That's the name that God uses for Yechezkel, son of man. Aim yourself at Paro Melech Mitzrayim and give him the following proph- prophecy. And the prophecy is as follows. Look at Pasuk Gimel. I'm coming after you, Paro Melech Mitzrayim. Hatanim Hagadol, the great serpent, Harovetz Betochi Orav, that, that frolics inside of his own Nile. Ashramar Li Yasitini, that you think you actually created this Nile. And he goes on to talk about how he's going to destroy this serpent, which is the personification, as it were, of Egypt and of Paro, who considers himself to be a god. And that takes us all the way through this Nivuah. And part of what happens is um, <coughs> that that the result of this is going to be the destruction of Mitzrayim. A couple of Pesukim I want to point out. Take a look at Pasuk Vav. And this is exactly like in our parasha. The people of Mitzrayim will know that I am Hashem. Because they have been a reed that B'nai Yisrael leaned on. And this is a phrase taken from um, uh, Sancheriv's words about Egypt. You're leaning on a on a broken reed on Mitzrayim. And indeed, Egypt, that Am Yisrael leaned on and, and, and relied on, couldn't help them at all. They're like a broken reed. And the reed, of course, is associated with Mitzrayim because of the reed sea. And so Mitzrayim is going to be destroyed. Take a look at Pasuk Yod Gimel. So there's an, in, in a sense that Egypt is going to be uh, uh, dispersed. We see that in the previous Pasuk. And then I'm going to bring them back. I'll bring them back and they will be a lowly kingdom, not a glorious kingdom. They'll never again rise above the nations. And I'll make them low. They'll never be able to rule over the other nations. All right, and here's the kicker. They will never again be the source of security for Bnei Yisrael, which will remind them of their sin. When Am Yisrael looked to them, 
In other words, this entire this entire piece is about Am Yisrael's, and this happened numerous times, Am Yisrael's readiness, willingness, and out of desperation, eagerness to run to Egypt and look for safety, look for a treaty, look for protection from Egypt when they should have been looking to God. And uh, you will see that Egypt is a broken reed, is nobody to rely on. Egypt that shouldn't have presented themselves as being anybody of power. And the Haftarah ends beautiful, beautifully. So Nebuchadnezzar, who right now is on the rise, is going to capture Egypt. He will despoil the land. And that will all be spoils for his soldiers. So he'll get Egypt. And now, I will raise up a horn. A horn always symbolizes power and usually sovereignty and royalty. And I'll give you an opening of your mouth. You'll be able to speak comfortably and proudly. Everybody will know that I am Hashem. In other words, Hashem is saying here at the very beginning of this period of dispersion, that you sinned by looking to Egypt for help. Egypt's going to be destroyed and dispersed. And when I bring them back, there'll be a nebuch of a very small, lowly kingdom. And in the meantime, you will be able to stand tall and you will not be not, not have to be disgraced. But that, of course, is a vision that happened that we look for at the end of days. And it's a vision that we have started to realize in our own generation. Everybody should have a wonderful Shabbat. And uh, stay healthy.